0: Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you check out Blazing New Homeschool Trails, Educating and Launching Teens with Developmental Disabilities by Natalie Vecchione and Cindy LaJoy, available on Amazon.com. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Psalm 143, verse 10. We'll be ending the month of August with the DadCast and John Vecchione. So, welcome. We're ending August with a dadcast with my favorite person, dad, husband, just everything, my my partner, my husband, John Vecchione, who I think is the best dad in the world. We're ending this month on a dadcast because we uh, think that this is a really good conversation that we would like to share with everybody. We're calling this episode Shifting Gears. And we realize, especially over the summer, John and I have realized that we have so many times that we need to shift gears. And John is a car guy. He loves cars, works in the automotive industry. And uh, John and Nick just both have an affinity for cars. And I thought shifting gears would be an appropriate conversation. So John... Let's talk about how we had to shift gears in Florida. We're following up our last dad cast. You and I, we talked about our road trip to Florida. We had to shift gears. Uh, Let's talk about that.
1: Sure. First, thank you for your kind words. I think you're the best mom ever and I'm so thankful for you. Um, you. So we went to, went to Florida to see my mom um, and my sister back in June and we did it we drove one straight shot from North Carolina to South Florida uh just for the sake of precaution since our daughter hasn't been vaccinated she's too young you know and has some medical conditions we had to be really really careful or we're just being really careful with her so we got there we we're planning on spending 5 or 6 days and we had every, you know, the days, each day was good. We really weren't doing very much. We were largely just, uh, staying in the house and enjoying time with my mom and, um, everybody just kind of my sister and just kind of hanging out together. So it was pretty quiet and Nick seemed to be doing really well. And then, uh, then he wasn't. And then on, I think it was like the third or fourth day he was, he was, just came to both me and Natalie separately and said he was having a tremendous amount of anxiety and uh, depression and and so on. That is was likely just the result because it was not a stressful environment. There really wasn't much going on. It was probably more the result of a different. It was a different environment. It was a different schedule. It wasn't his room, and you know the things that he was used to. So that change, while not impactful for us, we can adapt. It was really meaningful for him. And so we we picked up on that pretty quickly and talked to him about it and just made the decision really quickly too that we are gonna have to, we should just go, we should just head home before this escalates and he gets even worse. And that's what we did. We just, you know, talked to my mom and my sister, and they were extremely understanding and just said, hey, if that's what you gotta do, that's what you gotta do, it's no problem. We had some good time together and And that's what we did. And so the next morning, we just, we packed up and left and, uh, and got home and it was, it ended up being a really, really great trip. I think driving was while, you know, it took a long time, but it was an incredible blessing because dealing with airports and schedules and people and the stress of that would have amplified all of the stress and anxiety, not only for him, but for, for all of us, I think. So, um, but, It was a good reminder of having to, you know, like Natalie said, kind of shifting gears in that we had a plan, we had a pretty well thought out and then that plan had to change and we didn't really fight it. The initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we have to do this. But then once you got over that, we got over that pretty quickly and we just, we just did it because we knew this is what was going to be best for him and ultimately for all of us, because if we didn't, then he would be kind of spinning and we would be on that. We would kind of have to go along on that ride with him. And we really didn't want to do that. And we wanted to enjoy the time that we had. So we made that decision and ultimately it was a good one. And we felt bad that we had to cut it a day short, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't the end of the world and our family was understanding. So that was just one of the more recent lessons. And I think we do that regularly where, you know, we have a plan, we want to do something for some reason, we have to make that change. And so sometimes they're harder than, than other times. And sometimes they're easier, but I think that that's an important, I think it's an important lesson or thing to remember is just that I think with kids or with people with FASD, that, you have to be willing to adapt and you have to be willing to change plans sometimes. And it's, sometimes it's in the best interest and everybody has to just do what's best for them and their family and your families. But at the end of the day, uh, we tend to operate on that, knowing that nothing is probably written in stone. The things that are, we try to, we try to account for that in advance so that if, we have to be somewhere or Natalie or I have to be somewhere that's a must have that, um, that we may, we set it up in a way that if we have to cancel or shift that we can still live up to the commitments that we have to live up to. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. So what do you think, Nat? Was that a re- was that a fair recount of the, that trip?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think thinking about, Previous visits that we've had, visiting with your mom and 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 your awesome family in Florida. I think that um making the decision, you know, kind of making it quickly. I think what we did, we were proactive. And I think we are we're we're far from perfect, totally far from perfect, but we are learning, especially as as time goes on and we're more in, in involved in thinking brain first. Um, I think that by our shifting gears, we kind of felt the rumblings of him being dysregulated, maybe having a meltdown, definitely anxiety. We could feel those rumblings. And I think when we shifted the gear, you know, it brought us more to a level place. You know, we were still had more gears to shift, but it kind of took the load off of that, that rumbling. And I remember when you tried to teach me how to drive a stick shift, we were in college and we were in the parking lot at ECU, go pirates. Um, and you were trying to teach me how to drive a stick shift. And I remember you specifically saying, okay, you're going to know when to shift gears because you're going to feel the car rumble. And that stuck with me. And that just came out, you know, pretty recently when I'm, when I thought about like making accommodations and um, that it's almost like you feel when you have to shift gears when it comes to either providing supports or providing accommodation or or making an adjustment, you really feel it. And I feel like that we we were able to do that in Florida, so I feel like that it wasn't as it was not as a dramatic of a change as it would have been, say, three or four, five years ago. So I, I think, yeah, you, you definitely summed it up well. And I think it's a great analogy. So you're a car guy and you love cars. And I wish, I wish I could buy you the car of your dreams. I know you've told me many times the car of your dreams, but you're a car guy. How do you see the analogy between shifting gears in a car and making accommodations, providing supports, shifting gears in life when it comes to being a parent, family member, or loved one of an individual with an FASD or with another brain-based diagnosis. Talk to me about the parallels
1: there. So I think what, you know, as you were talking about the, the, the gear, you know, the driving, learning to drive a stick shift analogy, I was thinking that it, it, I don't think this comes naturally. And so for those that maybe listening, I would give yourself a lot of grace and, uh, and don't, um, if you don't feel it, that's okay. Because just like driving a stick, it just takes time and it takes practice and you're gonna, you know, you, we, I'll just talk it from our standpoint, we screwed it up a lot, just like teaching you how to drive the stick shift and even me learning which, how to drive, stick which, shift. by
0: the way, I never learned how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> so you yeah, are, so you are, I don't a, know if I should be saying anything at all because apparently no, I didn't. You, know. you, you were a wonderful teacher. You were a patient teacher. It was just something I couldn't get. You know, now maybe if we try again now, you know, almost 30 years later, maybe I might be able to. Yeah. Now, but back then I just couldn't get it. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
1: that the thing is this is right with the car. It just, you have to learn what to feel for. You have to learn, you know, what to listen for and what to look for and how, how the car feels and, you know, and it's the same thing with kids or your family or loved ones or somebody you're, you know, that's in your life that has, um, that is affected by this, that you kind of have to understand them. It's a personal thing and it, it varies from person to person. I don't think there's, I don't know. There's telltale signs that just are generic. So I would just say that if you're, you know, if you're in it, like we are, and we continue to learn, and this isn't like, there's not a formula that it's just, it's a continual learning thing. And we continue to learn ourselves. So just in sharing our experience and our learning is that give yourself grace, know that that's something that it is, it's a real thing. And you should be aware of so that when you do encounter those situations that you know you you are you're listening or watching and thinking about okay we need to make a change here what should we do how should we do it when should we do it and you might you know you'll try something and it it won't work and you try it again and it might not work and then you try you know you try something else and it may work so i would just say don't don't beat yourself up over it give yourself grace and um You know it hopefully it comes maybe it won't but that's okay if you're just trying just do your best that's all you can do that's all we can say it's me and natalie is you know we just we try our best and sometimes it works a lot of times it doesn't but you know we just we know that we are uh, we just we keep trying and we just put our faith in god on this journey
0: amen and i think another thing that you brought up honey you have to practice this. This is like a skill. When you shift gears, when you make supports, make accommodations, change, you know, your path to a more stable ground, it requires practice. And I think what we were doing all those years and not realizing it was, we were practicing because now we still are learning as we go, but we've had many experiences where we've had to shift gears quickly and say, okay, new, new thing. You know, like I'm thinking when, you know, we did apprenticeship with Nick and we had to shift gears and, and, and find a new apprenticeship teacher, Um, you know, COVID of course, you know, just shifting gears. I think there's also a very recent uh, example of us shifting gears, which I think we would like to share with our audience, because it's a work in progress. It's something that it took us a while to understand. But when when a a dear friend of mine, um, actually, Cindy LaJoy, who's who's co-author of of our book Blazing New Homeschool Trails, she she mentioned something to me and I I mentioned it to you. And then we just really shifted gears Um, when sometimes it can it can just be something that's like right under your nose that you don't realize that. Okay, if we just shifted and went this way, this could be a more stable, um, a more stable place. So let's talk about our new venture. We're we're gonna just talk a little bit about it because it's still it's still developing. And next month, we're during FASD Awareness Month. We're we're gonna make a really cool announcement and, and talk more about this. But let's talk about how we had to shift gears. Um and start this new venture that we're doing because John and I thought that, so we're, we'll, we'll be transparent. John and I thought that the reason why um, our son didn't want to go out in our workshop was because he just didn't want to be in any workshop besides his apprenticeship teachers because his apprenticeship teacher has the most gorgeous, wonderful, amazing woodworking shop. So what we realized was that wasn't the case. It just was he didn't want to go into our (laughs) dilapidated workshop that badly needs repair, um, which we know it does. So, John, I'm going to let you share the beginning of this, because I think this is a good example of shifting gears really unexpectedly, really quickly, but having good results.
1: Yeah, the... So (laughs) we, we have a shop that's separate from the house, but the building itself, the inside of the building is just, it needs floor. It needs a lot of work and there's bugs and lizards and and mice and, and, uh, and those are all, you know, things that I, I love going out there and, you know, working on little projects and things like that, but Nick wasn't going out there. And he, you know, he, there were the conversation of how he's going to make money. And then me and Natalie would talk and say, he's got like a cash register out there. If he would go just build some stuff and we could, sell, we'll help him sell it on Etsy. But he just, he didn't. And we've had the conversation a couple of times about, well, what if we got like a, a shed or some kind of a separate shop and didn't really think too much about it just because where we put it, we have to run electricity and how do we pay for it and so on and so forth. But I don't know why this is just the way God works, which is amazing. And that Natalie was talking to Cindy and about, you know, we've got we had about 10 or 15 phone calls and messages out to different woodworkers, jobs, potential jobs, organizations, groups, and just weren't hearing from anybody, weren't getting any responses or nothing was happening. And Natalie had this conversation with Cindy saying, oh, we're doing all this. And, you know, about how, what we should do and thinking about what Cindy did for, you know, what her and her husband did for their kids was set them up with a business because they're just opportunities were not presenting themselves. And she said, why don't you just get him a shed, a small shed that he could work in? And I don't know why, but God turned the light bulb on for us right (laughs) then. And we just kind of said, well, Okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should explore that further. Unfortunately, we had to, you know, we had some resources available to tap into to help pay for to help pay for this. But I think once we figured out that that's what we were, we were. Me and Natalie talked. We got our head together on what it is. We talked to Nick about it, and he was over the moon. He's thrilled. At this yeah.
0: And that I think that was like such a pleasant surprise for us because we we were seriously under the impression that he just didn't want to go out and work on his own. And it wasn't that he just didn't want to work in our old workshop. You know that, yeah, John doesn't mind being in, but he just didn't want to be in.
1: Yeah, it's just so. What that started was that it got us kicked off. We just we know how we, we understand how he works and that if too much time passes, the, 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 the spark will, will fizzle yeah. out. Yeah. So we just, we moved really fast and we explained what we were doing and explained to him the, I don't, I guess the sacrifices, but we explained to him how we were going to pay for it and what that meant. So yeah. it just didn't, to, it wasn't just mom and dad showing up with uh, with some money to buy some things that were expensive. And then when he needs something or asks for something, you know, we won't buy it for him. And you get out of that money. We just explain to him, look, this is what we're doing. This is how we're paying for it. Um, and, and I, I think hope you- we also
0: explained to it, honey, I'm sorry. I think we also explained that this was an investment that we were making. So yeah. he could realize we were investing in his future by doing this.
1: Yeah, and the and I think the, what you know, what it comes down to is that he, he's worked some jobs and they just don't work out because typically there's been one place that has, which was Josh's Hope, which they are just absolutely fantastic there. Um, and they, um, they had, he worked in the shop there. That's where he learned, initially learned his woodworking. Um, but it's really far. It's more than an hour away. It was, um, Nick was working two days a week and they shifted the program around. So some of the opportunities that were there before aren't for, for work that he was doing, um, aren't really there right now. And so what we decided, you know, we just kind of thought about it and said, we just have to create an opportunity. I don't, we, we've gone down so many paths. We've tried so many times. And, and actually with a group that Natalie and I participate in another, one of the moms, with a boy, with a with a son that's about Nick's age, was saying the ex- exact same experience that Nick has had, where he goes into an environment and either the work is too difficult, the social uh, the social situation does does not work um, because there's some misreading of situations or misinterpretation of of different interactions and things like that that make it impossible for. Somebody with uh, with FASD, or just the way Nick is, maybe, um, and others from what we've heard, to really thrive in those situations. So um, we just decided that we've we've been we've had little to no success finding a situation that where he could work and grow and develop and have you know responsibility and and earn without huge huge amounts of pressure. Um, and so we created that for him um, and we are so thankful that we've had the opportunity to do that and we're really excited about it and i know he's been excited about it too that's been the fun part is that he's been really excited and he's been really engaged and and going out into the shop and working and getting it set up and everything so we continue on that journey and i guess we'll continue to provide updates on how it's going but um, but, you know, we, we just decided that we're not getting any risk, we had to create an opportunity. And this is unfortunately with organizations and agencies that this is their responsibility and their job. We've had no luck We're success with those reaching out to others and the opportunities were not materializing. So we had to, we did it ourselves. And we'll see how it goes. We're hopeful.
0: So we hope to have an awesome update for you about this new venture uh, next month in September. But John, you bring up the perfect point for us to kind of wrap up this conversation about shifting gears is that when you shift gears, you may not realize, but you're creating new opportunities for your child that has an FASD, for your teen, young adult, your loved one. Um, when you think out of the box and shift gears, then you're on a different path that you may have never expected. And that can be a new opportunity. So I see our, you know, investing in this workshop for Nick and getting him all set up and helping him get set up and seeing the enthusiasm that he has. He's really engaged. I haven't seen him this excited about something in a long time, which gives me a lot of hope. Um, And I feel like that, you know, we're creating a new opportunity for him the way Cindy and and Dominic created buckaroo slices and scoops for their kids. They created a new opportunity because none existed. The, The formal supports that you are expecting to help you don't help, you know, or they don't know how to help or they're not there. They're non-existent. So what we as loved ones, have to do is create new opportunities and they're going to look very different. And they were going to look unconventional and they're going to look, you know, even, whoa, what are you doing? But by our simply investing in this new, small, but beautifully well-built um, workshop, that was basically just, it dropped off to us and here you go. It's, it, it's completely, there was hardly anything we had to do to it. It was just, it's great. Um, I think by our shifting gears, feeling the rumble, we knew we had to do something because um, nothing was happening again. We felt the rumble and yeah. uh, and, and by shifting gears and saying, yeah. OK, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to do this totally different. I, I'm, I'm glad we did. You know, um, I yeah. know it's been a lot of work for us. I, I, and I know this is a new venture, him him opening his own small woodworking business, you know, you're going to be walking alongside of him doing a lot of the physical stuff, helping him out. I'm going to be walking alongside of him, helping him do, you know, the marketing. We're both going to be, you know, figuring out the business stuff, but this is something that I do remember him saying often, you know, I want to have my own shop. I want to have my own business. And by investing and by shifting gears and by walking alongside him, you know, we're really hopeful that he's going to have one. And uh, so I think when we have to shift gears and do something we're not expecting to do or, um, you know, shifting gears, like kind of in a car, you know, you got to take do something different. Um, you basically are creating a new opportunity and I'm yeah. really thankful for that.
1: And you know what? One I uh, just uh, two thoughts, I guess through two departing thoughts is one is that a lot of people view and we have there's a lot of people that view change. Like if you change, if you have a plan and you change that plan, or you do something different that that's a failure and that you're you know that you've got that you're dealing with a failure. And but you, I don't think that's the right viewpoint. You can't look at it like that because um you know, life throws a lot of curveballs at you and you have to adjust. And if you just stay on the path that was, that you had, um, sometimes it works, but you know, many times it doesn't. So you have to change, you have to adjust. So I would say that is about your mindset and our mindset with these things is that making a change and adjusting your plan is not a failure. You're doing the right thing for whatever the situation may be, your family, your kids, yourself. A loved one, whatever it may be. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that for those of you, for those that don't work in tech or um, the startup world, that you know, there's there's something that's called the pivot, and it's when a startup or a company um, starts down a path on on a product or a service that they think is going to work, and they'll start down that path, and then once they get going on it. For whatever reason, they come to understand that it's not going to work the way they thought, or it's not going to work at all. And so, you have a, you have a couple of options. You can press forward with that, and then you know, with a lot of hope that it's going to work. But in most cases, those fail because it's been somewhat proven that it's not going to work. It's not resonating with the people we thought it was, or whatever the case may be. You can uh, you can just trash it and throw it all away, and either just give up as a whole or start again, or you can take what you have and you can make an adjustment. And it's commonly, it's called the pivot. It's it's where you have to adjust your plans and you adjust what you're doing so that you can find success. And that's how I really think of this is that, um, is that we've had to do that several times. And that can come in the form of what we're just talking about now, a business. It can come in the form of We were going to stay for five days, but only stayed to four for four because we had to make a change. But that's, that's how companies, and there's lots of them. I can't even name them all. I think Instagram was one. I think Facebook was one. You can probably throw a stone and hit 10 of the brands or companies that you know and love. And that's not what you know today is not how they started out. And they've found tremendous success. So, that's something that resonates with me. Hopefully that resonates with others, but just something to keep in mind that you define your sense of what is success versus failure and don't let others pin their beliefs on you. You have to do what's right. And that's really, really important.
0: Those are amazing nuggets of wisdom, honey. I'm like so glad you're sharing that. And I never even knew that that's called the pivot. I love that. And and so I think that's actually another great subtitle for this episode, shifting gears and the pivot, because I think you need to do both. If you're on this road of, of parenting caregiving, or even living with FASD, you you, you need to be able to shift gears and you need to be able to pivot and have the people that support you believe in that and understand that. and, And most of all help you do that. So as always, John Vecchio, thanks for being the best dad in the world.
1: Thank you for being the best mom.
0: <laughs> and guys, we're wrapping up August. We are so excited. September is only a few days away, and we've got some great things coming up uh, in the month of September to celebrate FASD Awareness Month. So everyone take care. And you know, what? whoops, I forgot to end on a hope takeaway. John, can you can you take us out on a hope takeaway?
1: The best thing I can think of is, uh, <laughs> is, you know, change is a part of life. Don't be afraid of change and don't let others pin their beliefs that change is bad or it's somehow a negative or it's a failure. It's not change happens. It's a part of life. You should embrace it. Um, and, and understand that that's what is needed sometimes for uh, given situations or, people in your life to help them be successful or find happiness. So that's, that's what I would say, Nat.
0: And on those words of hope, we're going to end this episode. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie beck If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts. Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always
1: have hope.